HGQ Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to HGQ Podcast. I'm your host, James Walsh, and this episode's going to be a little bit different. If you listen to episode 17, at the end of the episode, I uh, talked a little bit about I was going to give something a try. A new kind of format that I throw in every now and then called Unscripted. Unscripted is going to be exactly as it sounds. Me, without any type of script or notes to read from, uh, just talking about topics from the week. Anything that I, I find interesting, maybe try to stay away from highly political, controversial topics. There's enough of that on, on all the news channels. Uh, but, you know, things that I find interesting and, you know, would want to share with my friends if we were all sitting around a, uh, a campfire telling stories. Uh, if this is a format that, that you're not a big fan of or uh, you don't like or you're really here just to listen to some great and inspirational quotes, uh, I'll make sure to highlight that this is going to be an unscripted episode. And, you know, I invite you to take a listen, but if it's not your cup of tea, go ahead and, and skip it. I'll still be doing the quotes and regular episodes once a week, and uh, that format's going to continue continue on throughout. Uh, there's not going to be necessarily any regular rhythm with Unscripted, just just uh, uh, when I have some time and have some things playing on my head. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this first instance of Unscripted. And what I'm talking about tonight really is, uh, uh, not sure if you all are aware, uh, I'm a big true crime fan. Uh, matter of fact, that's how I kind of got my, uh, I won't say got my start in podcasting, but I became aware of podcasting, like listening to, uh, you know, detective stories and mysteries and trying to figure out, you know, who done it and uh, was looking for kind of a way to kill some time uh, on a drive and, and came across uh, this whole big genre of true crime podcast. Uh, and initially, when I wanted to start my own podcast, I, I thought about giving true crime a try. The reality, though, is is I, I don't think I could do it any better than uh, all the, the people who all already are doing it. You know, I'd just kind of be rehashing what they cases that they have already done and stories that they've already told and uh, just probably not doing justice to it. So uh, instead, I found, you know, the format of, of looking for uh, quotes and reviewing those. And, and I, I rather like that. It, I think it serves me well. And so far, the, the small audience that, uh, that I have seems to serve you all well, too. So we'll stick with quotes. But I uh, did want to talk a little bit about a, a case that I have been following for, geez, I guess it's been a number of years now. And uh, they just wrapped up the trial, uh, one of the trials this week, and that is the murder of one Tara Grinstead. So I'll give a little bit of a backstory. Again, the intention is not necessarily to, to do a true crime episode, but uh, for those who don't know, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. So in 2005 in Osceola, Georgia, which is South Georgia, below Macon, it's in Irwin County. So think small town, um, you know, getting into South Georgia. Anyway, uh, Tara Grinstead, who was a young, I believe she was about 30 at the time, uh, high school teacher, as well as former beauty queen, went missing one October, I believe it was October, Saturday evening in 2005. Now, just like with any mystery, uh, authorities look 
at those closest to the victim initially. And the thing that made this interesting is some who were close to her kind of were inserting themselves in and around, not intentionally, um, her disappearance. So she had a longtime boyfriend uh, who they had broken up and kind of moved their separate ways. And he was in the military and happened to be home on leave the weekend she disappears, right? Obviously, that's the first place a bunch of ears and eyes perk up. Um, then she had a, another love interest um, as she was a young, attractive female who was, you know, playing the field with uh, various suitors. Nothing wrong with any of that. So she had another, uh, I'll say, love interest, um, a gentleman who happened to be a uh, police officer in a nearby town. And he had actually come over to her house at the request of her mother um, to check on her when nobody had heard from her and had left his card in the door, uh, much like, you know, police officers do when they're they're investigating a crime and, and want somebody to call him back, you know, just maybe kind of habit. Right. So uh, so you have a ex-boyfriend happens to be in town. She goes missing uh, another boyfriend who leaves his card in the door, uh, her door jam, uh, the, the weekend that she goes disappearing. And then there was a, another instance of a, a young man who kind of, uh, I don't want to say stalking, but there was a, a disturbance at her house where um, he, was, he was upset. Um, I guess they, they had had some type of relationship and, you know, he, he got very vocal and the police had to come, right? So you have, you have all these, you know, I don't want to say suspects, but people uh, who who will kind of pop up on the radar, right? And they were all obviously heavily investigated, and time goes on, and, and uh, you know, one turns to one year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. So she goes missing in 2005, and it's not until 2016 that an arrest is made. And at the same time, too, uh, there was a, a podcast, uh, a, like a serial format podcast about the case going. So there's an arrest made, um, and it's people whose names had, had never been, had never come up before on, uh, on any, uh, um, GBI list or, or persons of interest, right? People who were like, who? You know, how, how did they have some involvement? Uh, and it was a, a, a man named Bo Dukes uh, and another person named Ryan Duke. Uh, these were former, one was a former student, but they attended the high school that, uh, that, that she had taught at. They, they had since graduated and were in their young 20s uh, and came forward and confessed to her murder. Uh, the Ryan Duke had said that he, had, in a uh, in an attempted burglary, uh, looking for some money for drugs, broke into her home. Um, she caught him, punched her, knocked her out, uh, ran away scared, uh, came back and realized she was dead, and he got the help of his friend, Bo Dukes. Uh, similar sounding names, but no relation. Uh, and together they they concealed the body and, and uh, took her to um, uh, a pecan orchard um, and uh, cremated her remains. Right? Sad, sad, sad story. But what really kind of sparked my interest in this is it wasn't that far fetched. So these guys they 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 couldn't keep their mouth shuts about. It. Matter of fact, a couple weeks after the the murder happened. They told some friends at a bonfire 
in a bit of a drunken stupor what they had done. And, and one of the friends was a you know, bit upset by this. Uh, and he sought out the, the people he worked for, who then went to the police and told the police the story they heard. And the police didn't really take a um, didn't didn't really take it to heart. Um, they did a cursory search of the pecan orchard, um, but not really knowing where to look. They just kind of wrote it off. Then one of the guys, Bo, uh, was in the military. And in 2006, I believe, so a year later, uh, was home with one of his friends from the military and confessed again to his friend. And per the friend, he, he had reached out uh, to various police departments and, and again, Nobody really followed up with them. Um, and it was just kind of a, a number of different people that these two had had told what they'd done to. And uh, everybody either didn't take them serious or those who did take them serious and, and report it to the authorities. Uh, the authorities really didn't do anything with it uh, until maybe some through the podcast, maybe some through some other events. Ultimately, Bo Dukes confessed uh, confessed to, to to concealing the the, the body uh, and Ryan Ryan Duke confessed to to the murder so Bo Dukes has since stood trial uh, Bo Dukes is a pretty bad dude he had he had done a lot of other things and uh, is serving time for various assaults and um, anyway but he 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 got time for uh, concealing concealing a body and, and this week it was time for Ryan's trial now the interesting thing about this is that Ryan's story is almost unbelievable matter of fact the detective uh, with the GBI he really didn't believe his story right um, he's like are you, are you sure that's what happened like you just you just broke in and you punched her it, it's it's almost as if he was minimizing maybe his his activity uh, in in the crime uh, for shame or for whatever other reasons, but but things just did not add up, and and the physical evidence didn't really support it either. There was not much sign of a struggle. They, they, they said her house was a mess, uh, and that indicated signs of a struggle. But she had a bunch of girls over at her house uh, preparing for a pageant. You know, it, it's 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 very tough to decide if having a messy house meant there was a struggle. Uh, there was there was no sign of a break-in, right? Um, there was no blood or DNA from either of the defendants in the house. Uh, there was some small amount of blood from from Miss Grinstead in her bed, but that could have been from anything, right? And that's kind of what the defense said. I mean, you know, a small cut, you know, any type of just normal circumstances where you get blood on your bed. Um, so... This goes to trial, and Ryan took the stand in his own defense, which I find to be very interesting. You know, you don't see that quite often in uh, criminal cases where the defendant usually takes uh, uh, takes the fifth. Well, he took the trial, or excuse me, took the stand in his own defense. And essentially said that his confession was made up. He was scared. He was on various medications. Um, he was a, a drug addict and a, an alcoholic and had taken some pain pills. And he, he made it up. And, and the real killer was his 
partner, if you will, uh, uh, Bo Dukes, and he was simply covered. Uh, he did, out of fear of Bo, uh, confess to helping conceal the body, and and yeah, so that was that was kind of the trial, and the state kept pointing to a few pieces of evidence. One of them was a glove that had his DNA and her DNA on it that was found at the house. The defense argued that that could have been planted by Bo, um, argued that there's no surprise that his DNA and her DNA could be in the same spot. He admitted to helping hide the body, um, but that's not evidence of a crime. The other thing that the state argued was Ryan showed some guilty knowledge. So there was a phone call placed from 411 to the house. Uh, and Ryan said in his initial confession that he had did this so that uh, he, he's hoping Miss Grinstead would answer uh, and that she wouldn't be deceased. On the stand, what he had said is that uh, Bo showed him her purse and license um, as proof that he had murdered her, and and Ryan just couldn't believe it. He thought Bo was being uh, um, kind of some dark, sick humor and was going to go return her purse, but didn't know exactly where she lived. Um, so he stopped and he he called four one one, and and it rang. Uh, either way, right? Either way, uh, a phone call doesn't prove murder, right? It, it simply proves he called the house. And so the defense actually tried to get the whole thing thrown out because the state's argument that she was murdered in the house and even the forensic expert they had on the stand, uh, they had asked, hey, you know, was there any evidence of a crime in the house? And, and there was like, no, you know, really wasn't evidence of a crime in the house. Uh, one of the people who analyzed the bones that was found in the orchard where they claimed to burn her, uh, burn her body. Uh, even made a comment, I believe, of, I can't even say for certain that this is actually Miss Grinstead. We just know it's female bones. Uh, when they were asked, can you tell how the person died? So the state really had no physical evidence of of a murder even happening. Um, so after, honestly, it was a couple hours one day and a couple hours the next of, of deliberation, the, the jury came back with a uh, not guilty on, on all on five of the six counts that he was charged with. Um, and the one count that he was found guilty of uh, was concealing concealing a body. And uh, they'll be sentencing on uh, Monday, Monday for his crime. Now, so uh, I, I found this whole case very, very fascinating. Why I want to talk with you all about it tonight, or just kind of talk aloud about it, is it's so tragic, too. Of course, because a young woman lost her life, you know, of course, because a community was kind of questioning what happened for all these years. Uh, innocent people had, you know, the eyes of suspicion on them for a number of years until until this is always uh, until these two came forward. But the thing that I find most sad about it is, is it really feels like no justice was served. So I truly believe that the jury, uh, for what I watched at least, um, got the verdict right. I don't believe the state proved there was a murder even beyond a reasonable doubt. And 
I am happy that the jury did their job, right? That, that they did not convict the person because they wanted justice. They, they sought, that's not how I want to say it. They, they didn't want, a wrong was done, right? A woman was murdered. Um, and they didn't vote guilty just to hold somebody accountable for that. They approached justice as it's written that the state must prove beyond a reasonable doubt, right? And that the defendant um, doesn't have to prove his innocence. And I think that's the way it should work. Better to have 100 guilty people go free than one guilty person rot in prison. Or one, excuse me, innocent person rotten. And I think that's the way the justice system should be. But I just think that the authorities really just dropped the ball here. Um, they had tons of opportunity to solve this early on. It didn't. You know, and I'm not here to play Monday morning quarterback. It's just, it's it's sad that it, those opportunities weren't taken. You know, and then, after all these years, when they had somebody confess, um, and listen, I don't understand the phenomenon of false confessions, but I do know they happen, right? Uh, and so when they had somebody confess, I feel there was such a rush um, to, to, to bring this to closure that they, they didn't do their due diligence of, of really proven this crime. They, they, they took the confession at its word and thought that would be enough with, with very small amounts of evidence against Evidence that there was involvement from these two, but not physical evidence even proving a crime occurred. And they went all in on this confession. And this confession, you know, I, if, if you have any interest in, in the case or, or the story I'm telling here, I, I encourage you to, to go, you know, look into this case. But the confession made no sense. The, 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 the GBI agent who conducted the interviews said as much multiple times he even said so on stand that it, initially he didn't believe it but that's the story he was told so he went with it um, and he kept pressing are you sure are you sure that's how it happened um, that some guy just randomly drives you know uh, to a different part of town because uh, they weren't living near each other um, looking to break into a random home to score some drugs more score some money for drugs breaks into this home and when he is caught by the person punches her with a single punch knocks her out and ends her life and then he leaves locks the door back he broke in with a credit card there was no sign of forced entry i mean it it just sounded completely made up uh, maybe he did it Maybe he did. Uh, if you ask me my opinion, I, I I think he is more guilty than he is letting himself on to be. And I, I think that he is absolutely responsible for her death, whether he was the one who did it or not. You know, you, you help conceal a, a body. Uh, you go along and keep a secret like this with, with your friend while a community and a family is struggling. Um, you're a bad person. Right, and not that you can't be forgiven, and God can't give you His grace, but you did a bad thing. Right, you're you're responsible. 
whether you're the one who did it or not, you have some responsibility. So I think the guy did more than he's letting on. Um, and I think he told a really made-up story uh, to minimize his impact or to make it seem that he had a smaller impact than he really did. And the state just said, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. And now in the end, nobody's going to, I mean, they're going to serve time. Right, they're going to serve time for for the crimes that uh, that they were found guilty of concealing a body, uh, uh, Bo Dukes uh, serving time for a number of other assaults uh, that he is he has uh, since committed. Uh, Ryan's serving time for concealing a body, so they're they're going to go to jail and they're going to have to answer for something. But you know, at the end of the day, Tara's family doesn't have answers still. The community doesn't have answers still, and nobody is going to have to pay a price for it and and i find that to be sad you know didn't have to be this way <laughs> of course it didn't have to be this way i mean what am i saying i mean my gosh you know how we can treat life when i say we i'm talking about mankind treat life as uh something that we take so much for granted right like who in their right mind thinks they have the right to take somebody else's life um so of course it didn't have to happen in that regard but you know, this whole case being drawn out as long as it did didn't have to happen this way either. Um, but but here we are. And I think right was done by the jury. I think that the prosecution did a really horrible job. I mean, uh, they brought up a joke that Ryan made about if somebody tells him the ending of Game of Thrones, he's going to shank them. Um as an example of him being a violent person or somebody who has a, a dark sense of humor and is not troubled by violence. And he even made the comment, well, Game of Thrones is a pretty violent show. Listen, I've said 10 times worse things. I don't want anybody to ruin Game of Thrones for me, even though the last season kind of ruined it on its own. You know, it, it, it just felt like they were stretching. So the prosecution did such a horrible job. His defense team was amazing, it appeared, at least to me. I, I actually joked with my wife and said, uh, if I'm ever found guilty for anything, I'd like you to hire that defense team to try to get me off. They did a wonderful job. I, I believe the verdict is the right verdict. And I just find it sad that A, a young woman lost her life for such, well, honestly, for reasons we'll never know, but there's no good reason that she lost her life in the first place. So the community is not going to have answers. A young woman's life is lost and her family is going to see no justice. I don't know. The, it, it was a case that interested me. I'd followed for a number of years even. It's come to an end. And I know that just as a casual observer, if I feel like, wow, that's it? That's really? That's all? Like, nobody's going to really see any, like, nobody's going to be convicted for this? You know? Um, if I feel that way, how does those so much closer to her? How do those so much who are her family and her friends and her neighbors, how are they feel? My heart goes out to them. Well, that's it. That's my first episode of Unscripted, talking about the Tara Grinstead murder trial. Uh, Ryan Duke, Bo Dukes, neither of them convicted of murder. Uh, we'll find out the sentence that Ryan gets this coming Monday. So uh, don't plan to do, you know, true crime all the time. Uh, 
going to do a variety of formats. Again, anything that I kind of just feel like talking about. If you like this and you want to hear more of it, let me know. If you don't like it and say, hey, James, pick something else, man. You had a good thing going with the quotes. Don't ruin it. Hey, let me know that too. Uh, And as always, appreciate you joining. I'm glad you're here with me. And I look forward to talking to you again. All right, everybody, cheers and have a good week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining me with today's first release of HGQ's podcast, Unscripted. As always, I'm going to ask you to please, wherever you enjoy this podcast, give me a like, um, leave me a rating, subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, it really goes a long way to, to help this, this podcast out. Also, check me out online at HGQ Podcasts. .wordpress.com there you'll find all the links email, social media, you can get in touch with me, alright, well, hope you enjoyed it, and until next time cheers, and have a good week thank you